cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record hope got Welcome back, Cantiners. Roger is nodding in agreement that this is episode 95. 95. We finally got the three of the Cantiners. We had them last time, but again, it's really tough with our schedules, and we managed to get all three of us. It's kind of late for Josh, but that's okay, man. He he is a trooper. He's had his uh, C4, his Monster, and his cup of coffee, so he can stay up past 8 o'clock tonight. So thank you for that, Josh. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I always say this. It's like every episode. A lot going on, right? We got the uh, climate bill. That's what they're calling it now that it's passed. It was supposed to be the Inflation Reduction Act or something like that. But now today, I, I saw like three websites that said it's the uh, it's the climate bill. They're touting it as the climate bill. I think that's funny. Uh, but right before the podcast started, we had a, a quick discussion. Uh, there's some breaking news right now that the FBI apparently, or at least Trump, is putting out on Truth Social or something that uh, the FBI is raiding Mar-a-Lago uh, as, we, as we're recording right now. And we think that's Josh said that Twitter is absolutely on fire with that. Uh, and we had kind of an interesting discussion. I guess we'll just kick it off. We was like, we, we kind of got to be careful about how we how we talk about this stuff, because, you know, we don't want to have any inflammatory speech out there or anything like that. But I I proposed, well, Josh and I were kind of talking back and forth. And Roger agreed. And we'll just kind of kick it around the horn that, you know, there's a lot of crazy people out there, uh, a lot of crazy people. We had some crazy people in the 90s. Uh, well, it's debatable whether they were crazy or not. Uh, David Koresh, he had his little viewpoints and everything. And due to what happened there at the compound at Waco, uh, there were some second, third order effects from that. There were terrible tragedy in American history. And a lot of this stuff is set off by, uh, you know, the IRS. Uh, some dude back in, I think it was 2009 or 10, flew a little Cessna into the uh, uh, IRS headquarters in Austin, Texas, and he was upset about the IRS. And this guy was obviously not everything going on upstairs uh, correctly, and uh, he was upset about it. And IRS, you know, audits and extra taxes tend to make people upset. So when I saw this Inflation Reduction Act, and it adds eighty between eighty and eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents. I thought, wow, that's that's um, that's something the Republicans should probably run on in the next election. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, man, that's going to piss a lot of people off. Because if you look at the amounts of audits that are going to happen, it ain't happening on the one percent. It, it's happening uh, mostly to people who make two hundred thousand dollars or less. And what really shocked me was the increase in uh audits of people making twenty to eighty thousand dollars a year it's like going up like three hundred percent and I'm like wow this is a this is a good way to piss a lot of people off and there are arguments I, I understand but man I if I was them I'd run on that and now we got the FBI uh raiding Mar-a-Lago I don't know if that's absolutely true or not I, I know Trump's tweeting about it maybe it is maybe it isn't but it's like Josh do you think that uh these two things coupled with inflation, people meeting some hard times, maybe they get that tax audit next year, or they think they're going to get one and they're just barely making ends meet right now. Do you think that's enough to, you know, send some people over the edge and maybe do something stupid or crazy? I absolutely do. And then, you know, layer on the, uh, you know, the, we're in the dog days of summer, brother. It's hot, man. People get hot. People just get angry just because of the heat. And then you hear that stuff on top of it. People are going to get pissed. So, you think about it, and you're absolutely right about there. So there's about eighty, approximately eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents, uh, you know, are authorized in that new bill. 
There are 724 billionaires in the United States. They're not going after them. Like you said, those 87 new thousand, you know, 87,000 new IRS agents, they're coming after us. They are coming after us. They're not going after the billionaires. Go, remember the, uh, what was it last week? The mega millions. It was like a, what? $1.2 billion jackpot. You know how much the guy actually got paid out? He took the, you know, the one-time lump sum payment. It was like 400 and, you know, basically like 440 million, 440 million. So congratulations to the IRS for winning the $800 million mega millions, right? I mean, they, dude, the IRS took home more than the winner. And here we are. What do we get out of that bill? Highest inflation in 40 years. Gas is still well above $3 a gallon. It's still above $4 a gallon in some places. And people are like, oh, you know, gas is down 20 cent where I live. No, Brenda, it's up two and a half dollars a gallon. It's not down 20 cent. It's still up. Um, Yeah, I, I think this is absolutely enough to, you know, enough to those people who are already, you know, running that knife's edge. I think it's absolutely enough to go ahead and tip them over. Um you know, you, you bring up, uh, you bring up Waco and not only just, it's not only just Waco, right? And how many people, how many people died in Waco because there was supposedly, you know, some, some weapons out there that have been stolen. Take a look at Ruby Ridge. They killed Randy Reaver's wife, his son, and his dog over what? over a shotgun that had been sawed off. I, I'm telling you, these dude, these government organizations like the FBI, the ATF, they, they, they it's, it's really hard to, you know, we're going back. It's really hard to back the blue, you know, so to speak. And a lot of this stuff, it's really, really hard when federal agents are, are running around acting like the Gestapo. And now you're raiding, you know, if true, you're raiding Mar Largo, the former president's home. That is a new level. That even I mean, we didn't even do that, you know, after after Nixon. I mean, this is a this is a new level of weaponizing government institutions. Um, and this is why, dude, I, I, I'm 100 percent fully on board with, uh, you know, with Jesse Kelly's, you know, and, and some of the likes on, uh, on Twitter, like this is the new, right. You cannot accept the status quo. There can't be any more, Oh, we're going to have talks. We're going to have some hearings. No, you, you have to get in and you have to weaponize the government institutions. Everybody was, you know, everybody was like, I can't believe Ron DeSantis, you know, used his, you know, government, his governor powers to, you know, go after Disney. And here we have the federal government using a federal law enforcement agency to go after former presidents. I, this is, yeah, dude, this is just on a new level. Um, so, but Roger, uh, Roger's out stimulating the economy. Well, not this week. He was last week while I was out catching fish and stuff like that. Roger, how long is it going to be before you're out on your kayak, kayak catching bass and, uh, the, uh, the IRS shows up to, uh, to confiscate your kayak. Well, I mean, you know, you already have to pay for the fishing license, right? 
And then fortunately, fortunately, this place that I went to, you don't have to pay a kayak fee. So like, you know, we have a travel trailer, so you pay the campground fee. And, and my assumption with a lot of these places is that when you paid the campground fee, that kind of covers all your amenities, right? Like the bathroom, if you need to go use it, the trash can, whatever. A lot of these places, it doesn't cover the kayak fee. So like if I want to use my kayak, I got to pay an extra $2 a day. Uh, but it won't be for long, you know, the, the IRS will be sitting there at the boat dock and, you know, you come up with your fish and they're just going to tax you on, on, on every bass that you catch or every catfish that you catch or whatever, because it's, it's that much food that you didn't buy at the supermarket that they were able to tax you on. But you hit, you and Luke both hit on a couple of things and I kind of, we talked about this briefly, um, before the intro of this thing, what worries me about a lot of this stuff. And I'll throw it right back to you after this piece is. You know, you've had the school shootings. Uh, we've had some of the examples that, that you guys brought up. Um, and most of those folks, uh, and there are a couple of, of exceptions, but most of those folks were just folks that were like, hey, man, just leave me alone, right? Government went out to them. Uh, they weren't necessarily the aggressors, the individuals. What worries me is when you, you it's that movie falling down, right? You just want my cheeseburger to look like the one on the, on the, on the menu. You get to a point where people are pushed to that level. And what worries me, what scares me is most of these people that have carried out a lot of these attacks and these knuckleheads or whatever, uh, they're untrained. You know, they read some stuff off the internet. They pulled off the anarchist cookbook, whatever. Um, I fear sooner than later, you're going to have man, woman, family, whatever, uh, that is trained, right? That is trained by the military, that is trained by, uh, you know, some of our, our, our finest uh, to inflict a lot of violence. And, and, and that's what worries me. If somebody gets pushed over the level, over the limit, and, and I'll steal some of Luke's thunder here because he brought it up. It's like, hey, we're not talking about like a school shooting or something like that. We're talking about somebody tar- targeting your local IRS office, you know, and, and or your local ATF office or something like that. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it kind of makes me, it, it really, really does worry me that we get closer and closer to that, uh, where people just get fed up and say, Hey man, I'm just not taking anymore. And it's like, even now when you read on Twitter and I get it, it's Twitter, everybody's Billy badass on Twitter, but there are a lot of people like I'm done a lot of blue checkmark conservatives. They're like, I'm done. This is the hill to die on. Right. And when you start hearing that kind of rhetoric, that's, ex- that, that's very scary. And it's coming from a lot of folks that, uh, are the, Hey, you know, we need to have the dialogue. Uh, you know, Josh just typed every day is training day. You're absolutely right. And when you have those people that were generally moderates that have said, Hey man, that's it. This is the hill to die on. I mean, that that's very, very concerning. You know, it's uh, and we'll get into the bill a little bit later, but just with the IRS piece by itself. And then with the, the Trump piece, I hadn't heard about the Trump piece until you just said it, but it also sets a dangerous precedence. Like one, he's a private citizen right now. Um, so yeah, former president, this and that, but he is a private American citizen. And here's the thing is, is, is it going to be tit for tat now? I mean, is like, is it going to be, uh, when Biden's out of the white house in 2024, if the Republicans, uh, you know, if we have a Republican president, do we now just go after all the Democrats? I, I think you have to at a point, right? I mean, you, you can't, the, the, the playing field is no longer level and you have to be willing to fight equally, um, or at least bring the, you know, match the intensity of the other side or you're destined to lose. Uh, and I think you're starting, you know, you've heard some of the rumblings of that uh, going on in the media and with a lot of uh, a lot of your pundits. You know, it, it's very low level right now. But, you're, you know, something like this escalates it, you know, in a heartbeat. And, and you guys hit it on the head with the IRS stuff. Eighty seven thousand new agents. Uh, guess who they're going after? 
They're going after you, mom and pops. That's who they're going after. You know, the FBI even admitted several years ago, not so many words, that yeah, they go after the poorer folks. You know why? Because they can't defend themselves. They don't have the monetary and financial means to go out and get a lawyer, right? These are people that filed their 1040 EZs or filed TurboTax, whatever, did it at home. Uh, and, and half this stuff, man, it's like, you know, I think it was uh, Luke, but, you know, but if you're honest on your taxes, you don't have anything to worry about. You know, it's like, hey, what is it? Seven years for fraud and, and three years for a mistake. Right. I mean, everybody's done taxes, man. That shit's hard. That is not easy. I mean, you get to a point where you have to pay somebody else. and You hope that you can afford to, to pay somebody else to do it. But that's what they're going after. And when you read this revenue, and we'll get into this here in a little bit after this question, but uh, you go into this, some of this stuff. One, the name is, is beyond me. Uh, you know, $800 billion Inflation Reduction Act. We'll get into this in a little bit. But there is not one measure on here that is going to reduce uh, the, the, the inflation level. But Luke, I want to ask you about the national divorce. So uh, I've actually had this on my cheat sheet here for several weeks because I was going to throw it out at Josh since he, he's brought it up several times. But now on Twitter, you actually see that that phrase is trending, national divorce. So I, my question to you is, what does that look like, and are we already in it? Yeah, I think the papers have been filed, <laughs> maybe, S- somewhat. Maybe they haven't been served yet. But <laughs> I, you know, I, I go back to this, and Josh, uh, you know, maybe he can, he'll he'll address this as well. Uh, I've got some tangents I'll go on, but. Uh, put that on the table to, to address Josh's the national divorce. I think we're heading toward, it looks like that we're heading toward a confederation of States to, to me, at least with, you know, you've got a deep misunderstanding of the whole border thing across the board. Uh, You know, it, it, Abbott is making headlines by busing or special interest aliens or whatever you call them to New York city. And, you know, the mayor there is getting all pissed off and it's like, you know, hey, we, we all share this, you know, this burden anyway. And New York's like, no, Texas should handle it. We're, we're stressed as it is. And Texas is like, well, wait, what about us? And Arizona's the same way. California's a blue state, but whatever. So I think that, you know, you're seeing diverging interests uh, between, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, mainly southern states and and you know, northern states, I guess, you know, I, but it all comes down to blue and red. I don't want to make it, you know, north versus south or anything because Wyoming's, Wyoming's pretty red. But I, I could see us drifting toward a confederation of, of states where we all kind of agree to get along uh, because of interstate commerce. But, you know, the federal role kind of takes a back seat and it's forced to take a back seat. I could see it evolving into that. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, and I don't think I, you know, I differ from Josh. I don't think we're at a, you know, hot civil war phase. I think we're in a kind of a cold civil war, which will lead to a confederation of states. That's that's my view. That's the way I see it now. Could be wrong. But, I, you know, back to something you were saying about someone trained uh, who, who perpetrates some sort of um, attack. I mean, I think the three of us don't want to see anyone get killed. Uh, any Anybody. So I think that would be a bad thing. I said at the beginning, you know, before we started recording, I said, I, I don't think anything good comes of that at all. Uh, what I do see some good coming from is people getting uh, sufficiently passionate 
to actually stand up and start doing things within the system itself. Uh, calling the congressman, showing up peaceful, you know, <laughs> peaceful, not fiery protests. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, calling the congressman, showing up in, in, in front of their, uh, in front of their offices and, you know, really making a stand attacking anything and violence I, at this point is not, is not the answer to me. I just think, I think it gets worse. And I think somebody within the three of us said, if something really, really bad happened, like what kind of Roger is, is talking about now or harken back to, and I said, I wasn't going to say this before the podcast, but harken back to Oklahoma city. We lived in a different time when that happened. That was the 1990s. That was the mid 1990s. If something similar to that happened today, you think the constitutional freedoms, and I, I didn't say this, one of you two guys did. You think the constitutional freedoms that you saw suffer during COVID were bad? Hold on to your hat, brother, because it's going to be draconian. Because it's 2022 now, brothers, and man, it's going to be bad. Same type of situation will be dealt with with an iron fist. And that's what I do not want to see. So, you know, anyone who's on the edge, I would implore them, put that passion somewhere else. Put it somewhere else, man, and, and make it constructive, not destructive. Don't try to trigger something you have no idea is going to happen. That's bullshit, man. You have no plan. All you're doing is acting on your own passion and violence, and a lot of people are going to get hurt, and a lot more is going to be taken away. That's how I feel about that. Now, so Josh, before I kick it to you, i got a couple more things. You could give your thoughts on the national divorce as well, but I'd like to kind of bring it back to, eh, God, this bill. Ooh, this bill is ugly. The the Democrat bill, they're going to own this, you know, and there's Mansion, Lord Almighty, and Cinema. Holy cow. I mean, Roger, when it comes back to your turn, I mean, how does, what are the optics on her? I mean, God, she agreed to do this for what? It looks like she, it absolutely, the optics are you're in the back pocket. You're in the back pocket of some very, very, very rich people. And it, it, I, I just, the optics are awful. Manchin swore a few times or promised that he would not raise taxes during, during a recession. Before the recession even happened, he was saying back in 2019, it would be really bad to raise taxes on anyone during a recession. So I'm just going to go over a few of the taxes that are, that are in, this, in this bill. $6.5 billion natural gas tax. Where's that going to be passed? Natural gas heats your home. That's going to be added onto household energy bills. And make no mistake, just like Roger's fishing tax or fishing license, that's a tax. 12, 12 billion crude oil tax, which will, you got it, increase household expenditures. 1.2 billion coal tax, again, household energy bills. Corporate income tax hike on U.S. businesses, where will that be passed? Onto the consumer, onto the household. 124 uh, billion stock tax, which will hit your nest egg, probably. If you know, if your 401k has probably got some of that in there, uh, pension plans. 95% federal inside, excise. I'm sorry, excise tax on American pharmaceutical manufacturers. Jeez, we know where that goes. Uh, 52 billion income tax hike on mid-sized family businesses and supersizing the IRS to increase audits. And I, I type that in there, but if you're honest on your taxes, you don't have anything to worry about. I preach this on a daily basis. I said, I said this to someone today with whom I work. At any given time, with your municipality uh, slash city, county, state, and federal 
codes, at any given point, you're probably breaking some kind of law, whatever that is. There's probably some law that says I can't consume uh, Keystone Light while I'm broadcasting. I, I don't know, something. At any given point, you're breaking a law. Like Roger said, taxes are not simple. It's not a 1040 EZ anymore. You know, I, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that can be overlooked that you don't even know. So you have to hire someone. Bro, they are going to find something wrong with your taxes. If you get audited, something. You didn't do something. You claim this, you should have claimed that. It's just, I, w- I was saying that tongue in cheek, that, God, who wants an audit? That's why I'm saying the Republicans need to run on this, man. Who wants an audit? No one wants an audit. We all don't want billionaires to cheat on their taxes. I see tax cheats all the time, man. I don't want to get into it, but man, there was a tax cheat. My daughter had a friend in high school. I know he was cheating on his taxes. I fucking know it because <laughs> he filed FAFSA and it, it, I, I heard the income and I was like, what? You're freaking lying, bro. But anyway, I, I, you know, nobody wants anybody to cheat on their taxes. But at the same time, no one wants a bunch of audits coming to middle and lower middle class. Ooh, did I, did I drop an F-bomb? I'm sorry. So Josh... I'm going to save my quote to the end. I'm going to, I'm going to say a quote at the end of the podcast here. Uh, what do you think about the national divorce? And do you think that these taxes, like a lot of Democrats are arguing that these actually won't be passed on to the households and all that stuff. Do you agree, disagree with that? Why, why not? And is there anything in this bill that you've seen that addresses inflation at all? No, I'll tackle the national divorce first. Um, So, you know, years and years ago, anybody that even, you know, hinted at a national divorce uh, automatically labeled them, you know, basically as a, you know, as a traitor and, you know, as a communist and, you know, it's like, no, man, you know, the United States is what we are. You know, I got my, I got my join or die shirt on right now, you know, from, uh, from American Freedom Company, who I'm going to talk about uh, later. Um, I'll just go ahead and talk about it real quick. Now you guys go check it out. All listeners. It's uh, American freedom co.com. I'm telling you right now, my wife picked me up a, uh, a shirt. Um, cause I'm thinking about getting this, I'm thinking about getting this inked on my arm. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's the join or die. It's the old school, uh, snake with the, uh, you know, it's got the original 13 colonies, uh, abbreviations you know up you know on each piece of the uh of the snake it is probably one of the softest shirts i've ever worn in my life it is absolutely amazing um so so go check them out american freedom company american freedom america yeah american freedom company is made everything's made here in the u.s um and uh so you know i verified that before i plugged them i i I had a hat that had black beards (laughs) it had black beards queen mary um you know, our Queen Anne's Revenge, you know, single on it. And I really liked it. It's made by a company here in North Carolina. I picked one up on a deployment, you know, prior to a deployment, because everybody's got to have that deployment hat. And it was time for another one because that's become my yard work workout hat. And I, I, I hit them up and I was like, hey, quick question. Is your, is your stuff made in America? They're like, well, it's designed here. And I was like, okay, that's not my question. I said, is it made here? And they were like, well, it's made in Vietnam. I was like, okay, thanks. Never mind. I appreciate it. I'm never buying anything from them again. Uh, what's up? Okay, so that's funny because <laughs> I'm sorry to cut in on you, but it, it, it dovetails exactly to what you were saying. So there's a company out of Utah called Lions Not Sheep. Did either either one of you guys hear about this? 
No. Lion's not sheep. It's one of these nine line, you know, uh, grunt works, whatever type companies. They got hit with an FTC fine because as their shirts came in, they were ripping out the made in China tag and replacing it with another one out of their shirts. No joke. No oh, joke. Lions, not sheep. Yeah, no joke. They got hit with yeah. FTC. So sorry to cut you off, Josh. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's all good. Uh, man, see, yeah, see. So anyway, um, AmericanFreedomCo.com. It's a it's a fantastic company uh, from from you know from what I've seen, uh, you know it's a uh, it's a lady who owns it you know um, it, just go check it out a lot of good stuff on there. Anyway, so you know talking about that national divorce, I would you know years ago I would have been like absolutely not, you know we we can get through this you know w- whatever, and I hate God I, I can't believe I'm quoting Bill Clinton, uh, but you know Bill Clinton once said you know that the things that are wrong with America you know can be solved by the things that are right with America. And I was like, okay, well, I, yeah, absolutely. I used to believe that. But when we talk talking about that divorce, right? It's that, it's that couple who just, it doesn't matter how hard you try. We're at that point to where there are just irreconcilable differences. There's nothing in common anymore, right? And there's nothing in common other than, well, we've been together for, you know, 200 plus years. Okay, well, what else is there? You guys got to have you, you know, you both like you both like walks on the beach, right? Well, no. Okay, you both have some shared interests. No. Well, let's see what else. Um, do you at least agree on you know, is it peanut butter and jelly or is it peanut butter and banana sandwiches? Yeah, can't agree on that either. So there's just irreconcilable differences there, and I don't see that getting fixed. I don't see that getting fixed at all. Not when you have the level of politicization that we have. You literally have the FBI right now, as we sit here, record this, raiding the home of a former president. Why? We all know it's political. We all know it's over January 6th. And we all know it's simply to keep Trump from running in 2024. We know that. I see some people on Twitter posting about, well, he took classified information you know, home with him at, you know, when he left office. Okay. Your presidential candidate was running a classified server in her bathroom with someone managing it who didn't even have a security clearance. So did the FBI raid her home? No. So you can't sit here and tell me it's, you know, well, this is a matter of national security and this just has to happen. You know, come on. Merrick Garland's still upset about the whole Supreme Court thing. And now that he's the attorney general, man, he, he, he is unleashing his wrath on, on the right and on Trump. And it's just, you cannot reconcile this at this point, but what does that, what does that look like? Luke's talking to, you know, Luke said that we're kind of in a cold, you know, a cold civil war, you know, which, you know, eventually lead to, to a hot one. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but I think we get there very, I think we get there very quickly because you start talking about a national divorce. Okay. What happens, and you know, let's say it's a you know a confederation of states, kind of what we had, you know, we had before the Constitution. There for a few years, we had a confederation um, of states. What happens to all the federal troops? What becomes of the federal military? What becomes of let's say the national divorce? You know, is it a confederation of states? What if it you know it gets uglier than that? Who gets all the nuclear weapons? Where does that stuff go? Think of the breakup of the Soviet Union. What happens to all of that? 
what happens when California says, yes, China, we will allow you to garrison troops in San Francisco Bay. We'll build you a base. Like, so I'm all for, I, I, I don't, I think it's a conversation worth having you know, a national divorce, because at some point it's, I I think at some point it's going to happen and it's going to happen naturally. And then from there, you're just going to have the, you know, the further, I say the, you know, the further, further fracturing and people going into even smaller tribes than, you know, red States versus blue States. Like Luke said, you're going to have, you know, it's going to be your Appalachians against, you know, basically everybody else. And that's just going to turn into like that movie wrong turn. Um, You know, you're going to have, you know, these, these pockets everywhere. And, you know, you're going to go back to basically the native Americans where, you know, the tribes just warred against each other. Um, and it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be very ugly. Um, so that, that's my thoughts on the national divorce. I think it's a conversation worth having at this point because I don't see any other way out of this other than a convention of States that ratifies the constitution to take power away from the federal government. These age, first off, dude, if the agency is not named in the constitution, it goes away. That's starters. The FBI goes away. Department of justice. Guess what? That goes away. Department of education goes away. ATF goes away. IRS goes away. Um, it's just, you know, so that, that's the national divorce. So on the taxes, so I didn't see anything in that bill that fixes inflation. You know why? Because that bill does not cut $2 for every $1 spent. That is how you address inflation. That bill does not cut $2 for every $1 spent. Guess how much the IRS, aka the, the federal government, took in in taxes in 2021? trillion dollars 4.1 trillion in 2021 we ran a 2.8 trillion dollar deficit this is all irs.gov boys and girls go check it out we set a record so that was a record the highest tax revenue in the history of the country, $4.1 trillion, we still ran a $2.8 trillion deficit. Anybody who's passed the first grade will tell you right there, you don't have a tax problem, you have a spending problem. And until you stop spending, it's, dude, it's like when, it's like when we were killing people in Iraq, you know, in the mid-2000s. That machine wanted more. That machine wanted more. It wanted more 15 minutes ago. It wants more right now, and it's going to want more tomorrow. That's all that's going to happen. That's all that's happening here. It's not going to stop. Now you got 87,000 new IRS agents. For what? You're going to go after the waitress who didn't claim all the cash, you know, tips she got or he got? That's who you're really going to go after when gas is $4 a gallon, eggs are $5 a carton? That's who you're going after? You people, disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And every American should be pissed off. Every single one of you should be absolutely pissed. So anyway, uh, it's, it's, Luke's going to get me fired up. He's going to get me started. I'm not even, uh, I'm not even drinking. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Roger, what 
how do how do we get back on track? Like, and that's a loaded that's a loaded question. But how do seriously like how do we get back on track here to avoid you know some of the things we're talking about? I don't know that we do. Uh, I think the national divorce and maybe divorce is too strong of a word. I think we're kind of already in it. Uh, you kind of took it down, you know, a little farther down the road than than where I think we're going to go or end up. Um, and you bring up an interesting point where it goes beyond the states, right down to your uh, smaller entities, smaller organizations. But one, I think the states have already shown several of them anyway, like with Florida, AZ to an extent, where they're just like, "Hey, man, we don't really care. We're doing our own thing." I, some of these states are already doing that. It's funny you bring up the Convention of States because on Business Insider, they had an article uh, at the beginning of August that apparently a lot of people are, are freaked out now, uh, being liberals, that the uh, they're 15 states away from uh, the Constitutional Convention or Convention of States. Um, and when you look at these states uh, that have made progress to voting for it, because five states recently voted for it, uh, you look at New Mexico, South Dakota, Iowa, Virginia, North Carolina, New Hampshire. You could probably argue that all of them will pass that. Um, when you look at the ones where it's failed, okay, and this is historic, failed several years ago, what have you. Um, and here are the five that just passed it Wisconsin, South Carolina, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. The states that have failed, Wyoming, which I, I think we could see them voting for it, Colorado, Purple state, I, I could probably see them voting for it. Kansas, definitely. Uh, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Uh, and then you've got a couple that it'll, it'll never go through, you know, Michigan, uh, Illinois, uh, New York, Maine, whatever. But it's interesting because a lot of this stuff is picking up steam. And so it makes me believe that, hey, this is already happening, at, at least on the state level, where you look at DeSantis, which, uh, I mean, the guy is killing it. I think, uh, you know, over what, the last year or so, I mean, the guy is killing it. Uh, and he's basically like, hey, man, I don't really care what the federal government does. You guys do what you want to do. I'm running the state of Florida, uh, which is what a governor should be doing, right? That's what they should be doing. And to an extent, you see, I, I think, you know, with what, uh, you know, we've been chatting about it throughout the week, but what Governor Abbott's doing and 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 Ducey, to a lesser degree, uh, in Arizona, taking the illegals and shipping them across. I mean, they're trying to play the, hey, we're Billy Badass. We kind of do our own thing. Um you know, I don't know that they're really doing it to the extent that that Florida is doing it, but I hope it catches on, you know, and, and you know, maybe uh, maybe the answer is there should never be harmony. I mean, there's a there's a, a argument to be made that the founding fathers never wanted the government to work. That that's why it was laid out and designed the way it was, was that, hey, look, if they're too busy bickering and arguing, uh, nothing will really get done. And that limits the power of the federal government. Uh, the problem is we have the arguing and bickering, but the power of the federal government continues to grow. That's the issue, right? You know, it's like normally uh, if, if, if you're just stalled out on both sides of the house and nothing's being passed, eh, that's not so bad because that means it's going to be pushed down to the states. Uh, quick tangent, exactly what happened with Roe v. Wade being overturned in Kansas, right? All these liberals went out and they were like, ah, oh, you know, pro-choice, pro-choice. And, you know, uh, all your liberal, you know, MSM was sitting on here. They were, they were all you know, striking blow to the Republicans and the pro-life. No, it wasn't. It was doing exactly what the Supreme Court designed it to do, right? It was left up to the voters. The voters in that state had a choice when they went to the ballot or they went to the poll to say, yes, I want to uh, either ban it altogether. I, and I don't even know what options were on there. So, you know, that could have been uh, to play as well. You know, were the restrictions listed on there? Was it for or against total? I think it was just total ban, 
if I'm not mistaken. I think it was total ban because Kansas, I believe, is 22 weeks, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, Luke can fact check that stuff. But regardless, it doesn't matter. It, it, it went to the voters. That's what the Supreme Court said, and that's what these knuckleheads can't get through their minds, can't get through their heads, because the way that the, the mainstream media and, the, and these leftist politicians play it, oh, it's a ban on abortion. No, it's not. Okay, it's pushing it to the states. That's the whole point of it. Anyway, back to our, you know, back to our other piece. The problem with the, you know, the national simmer or whatever's going on right now is that even with some stalemates going on, and there's been some, some, uh, you know, I guess successes uh, by the Democrats and Biden, it's just that the federal government continues to grow and it continues to get bigger, and it's just like the taxes; they never go away, you know. And it, it, the taxing pisses me off. It just, it, it. it we, we've talked about this a thousand times. I want to drop so many f bombs because it's just like it's my money, it's my money, and not enough people care about their money. And that's why when you look at you know the the whole uh, I forget what they call it the digital currency thing or whatever that the, you know they're talking about the world going to that's the whole point of like EFTs and 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 direct deposit and taxes because you don't even see it you're not even privy to it and if you don't see it eh I don't really care about it never mind that you make eighty thousand a year a hundred thousand a year one thirty it doesn't matter what your salary is at the end of the day it only matters what you see in your bank account every two weeks when you get paid that's what you get paid. And you never see that stuff, you know, being withdrawn. So if you don't see it, you don't get angry about it. When do you get angry about it? You get angry about it once, once a year. And now maybe twice with the increase of like 70,000 audits a year or whatever they said that uh, it's going to. And, and yeah, and Josh is spot on. You know, that's why people should have to write a check every month. Heck, I'd go beyond, you know, Ted was saying this before. He was like uh, one of our listeners. Like, hey, he was like every year. But again, you could never do that because nobody would ever have any money. They would just blow it off, right? Uh, but you should have to, you know, and, and I get that we, we say it, you can never have a point to where you write a check every month, but you know what? You should have to go online every month, you know, to, you know, national federal taxes.gov and like click, I agree and, you know, hit continue or whatever the hell. So you see that amount that goes, it'll never happen. Taxpayer, you know, the, the federal government don't, doesn't want you to do that. They don't, they don't want you to be able to see that. Going on with this inflation thing, Inflation Reduction Act, so $800 billion, I think is actually more than that, or maybe it's just a hair under that. A couple of things, and this brings up a a whole, uh, you know, it's funny because I thought this was just going to be one topic. And then as I started going through this thing, I'm like, dude, there are several like episodes just within this Inflation Reduction Act. One, I think everybody agrees, except for your far left, that this does nothing to reduce inflation. Nothing. Uh, the joint was it the joint tax committee that? Well, wait a minute. They were good enough last year to. Oh, oh no. Well, now it doesn't matter what they say because you know the narrative doesn't fit with what I'm pushing. You're talking about the Penn Horton School, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that a year ago, you know, oh man, they're you know that that that's the standard, and now it's like, well, you know, they're just wrong. It's like, okay, well, tell me where they're wrong. And as you go through this stuff, and, and Luke read off a lot of this. I mean, it's, uh, hey, man, call it for what it is. If you're going to call it the Inflation Reduction Act, show me where it reduces inflation. Because I don't see anywhere in here it does it. And, and uh, along with what Luke said, you know, Medicare can now be negotiated on prescription drug prices. Um, or Medicare can negotiate prescription drug prices, I think, on uh, 20 drugs coming up in four years, which previously they couldn't. Uh even the CBO, here's what I love. The CBO, okay, who's supposed to be you know nonpartisan, even if this is ballpark, 
CBO reduced the deficit $110 billion. So let me let me go ahead and fill out the, the rest of this for you. Whenever they say reduces the deficit, increases the deficit, whatever, that's over 10 years. Okay. So reduces the deficit $110 billion over 10 years. Okay, so eleven billion dollars a year, which the government—I mean, what we've getting, you know, giving Ukraine—that's that's you know, change it to find in their in your couch cushions, and then the back half is always written off because once you get to year six, seven, eight, nine, hey man, good luck. You've already had five, six, seven, eight other spending bills that come out and overwrite that stuff. So really, when you look at these things, good, bad, or indifferent, your core piece there is really four to five years. After that, man, you're just on borrowed time, right? Because there's been so many other bills passed and they go around and whatever. But tax credit for electric vehicles. So why do we give tax credits? You know, that's rhetorical. You know why we give tax credits? Because it won't survive on its own. All right. And when you talk about the, now that's a broad statement. I get it. When you talk about, you know, electric vehicles and green energy, quote unquote, green energy, which, you know, one of you brought up the natural gas thing. I think it was you, Luke, you know, it's funny because natural gas went from like, it used to be green energy. It's not green energy anymore. Right. I mean, it it was green, maybe what, six, seven, eight years ago, just like nuclear was green, but I don't think either one of them are considered green energy anymore, but you give tax credits and subsidies because it won't survive in a capitalistic economy right? Because you haven't shown an advantage to the consumer. You haven't shown an advantage to the producer, to the manufacturer. You haven't shown like, hey, this is where we make more money. This is where I save more money. This is where I'm going to get more mileage out of this thing. Ethanol. So you have Ethanol. There you go, which is the biggest. That pisses me off too, because by God, I put diesel in my truck and I'm going to tell you, here's these little bastards, right? So I put diesel in my truck and, and you know, you get the little gauge on there and I get it. It's not hundred percent accurate, but it's, it's, you know, man, 5%, give or take. And it used to be, I fill up 33 gallon tank and man, it'd say like 500 and some odd miles on there. I can tell for every percent of biodiesel they put in that thing is 1% reduction fuel uh, economy or fuel efficiency. It makes no sense to charge me the same amount, put biodiesel in there to say it's good for the environment, when I have to buy more diesel to cover the same mileage. It pisses me off. I just, anyway, that, that bottom line, the tax credits, they do it because they have to subsidize it. And I'm not against all subsidies, but they have to subsidize it. And this is long-term, which I think Germany actually stopped subsidizing several years ago because they're like, hey, man, we're into this thing for a decade right now. So if it's not making it on its own right now, then right now is not the right time. Okay. IRS, $80 billion, tax credit for carbon capture. So here's how that works. So this is why big oil likes that. So you capture CO2 And what oil companies do is they take the CO2, which they will now be paid for, the carbon capture, so they're going to get a a tax credit for this thing. They take the CO2 and they pump it back into the oil wells because what what happens is with the oil that's underground, it keeps the pressure high and it allows uh, for easier extraction of oil, right? So now they take that CO2 that they were going to have to pay before to get rid of it. Now you're going to get paid for the carbon capture to make it easier to to actually extract oil out of the ground. So it makes total sense. Uh, Renewable energy company tax credits, you know, a la Solyndra. Man, I should have got in on that stuff. But it goes back to what Josh said, uh, you know, a, a while ago. Feel good versus do good. This stuff does nothing. It does nothing. Um, I'm going to touch on two other things real quick, and then uh, I'll kick it over to Josh because I want to ask him a separate topic, separate but same. 
Or I can kick it over to Luke since he's telling me I'm number one. No, no, no. Go with Josh. Go with Josh. Well, I, you know, I just, I, you know, Luke, I, I tell you, he looks good, man. He went to the gym today and he's like all swollen and everything. He looks and yeah, and then uh, Josh said that, well, he just wears a medium shirt to make him look, you know, a little more cut. Shout but, out to uh, Dave. Yeah, there you go. Big Dave. He doesn't listen to this anyway. <laughs> so I hope with the Trump thing, and there'll be more to fall out, you know, more to come on all this thing. I pray and I hope that, I, I don't think Trump's running. And I hope in, in his mind that he is, his playbook is, hey, Dems, Keep wasting your resources on me because that's going to be a mistake. Waste your money, waste your resources on me. Uh, we talked about earlier today with, you know, I saw Tim Scott on T on Fox News. Man, that guy needs to be on a national ticket. That dude needs to be out there. Um, but you talk about a DeSantis, Tim Scott, you know, ticket, something like that. So Trump supposedly has already made up his mind whether he's going to run or not. It's just a matter of, you know, timing. He's like, ah, I don't know when I should release it, yada, yada, yada. So I'm hoping that the playbook is, hey, man, you know, I'm taking all the flack right now. Uh, I can defend myself. I've got the financial means to defend myself, yada, yada, yada. Uh, keep the news away from DeSantis and some of the others that are running and, and hopefully give them a better shot. When it comes to the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, Luke mentioned earlier, you know, he was talking about cinema. Dude, the optic out here, I mean, here's the thing, is that she's not up for election this year. So she's got two more years. Her and Manchin basically got to pick through the bills to get what they wanted to help their own constituents and then pass it. The, donors. the big winners, yeah. Donors. The big winners of this was Manchin and Cinema. Manchin gets his, his fuel pipeline or whatever the heck he was going for, and Cinema carried interest. They struck it from the bill. Right, which is one of which is one of the methods of, of revenue and carried interest. For those that aren't familiar with it, basically is a company can take part of its profits and they give it to like company leadership executives. It's a compensation package, right? Generally speaking, it's taxed at twenty percent, so it's not free money. It's already taxed at twenty percent anyway. Uh, money that the company's already going to pay tax on as well, uh, and it's going to kick it up to like the thirty-five percent tax. Dude, point. she is so sold out, sold out. I don't see how. This isn't completely transparent to the largest idiot Democrat out there. Sold out. I mean, Roger, is there any other way to see it? I mean, come on. That was her sticking point. That's, that's why she, quote unquote, caved. It was going to happen anyway. But my God, how can people not? I get it. Not the election year. It's a long time. People got short term memories. But good Lord, bro, come on. Are people upset out there? Uh, no, not really. Because you know what? Right now with her standing up to the filibuster and a couple of other things, that's what they've been focused on, right? So they're just like, hey, you know, we'll take some of the good with the bad. And the problem is with a lot of this stuff, you know, and Josh said they see it, they just don't care. I, I wish they did see it because I'm not even convinced of that because you know what? The Dems come out and they name it, name it the Inflation Reduction Act and it has nothing to do with reducing inflation. They just name it because nobody cares. Nobody reads the say, bill. Can I say one thing? Just just one yep. thing. I have this on my notes because I know Josh is going to take over and he's he's just going to send C3 into the stratosphere with his comments. We're going to have a million, million views on this one. I do think, though, I, I do believe that although the feds and you know the, the powers that be are trying really hard to make it a completely centralized economy, 
I don't think we're there yet. I think the economy is still resilient. I still believe it's a capitalist economy. Therefore, I do believe that we're slowly but surely, and this has nothing to do with Joe Biden or whoever's in office, we're slowly but surely coming out of the inflationary cycle. Slowly. Okay, I'm not saying it's gonna it's it's not gonna get worse with this with this act that was just passed, but I do believe the economy is resilient and it will find a way. So I think what the Democrats are thinking is, well, we're coming out of it anyway. We can just say this is Inflationary Reduction Act. And when we do come out of inflation, which has nothing to do with this bill anyway, we'll just say, see, we were right. And it's a big win. I mean, that that's that's I think part of their calculus, I in my opinion. Which I agree with. And I think we talked about that because the way inflation is calculated is year over year. So the reality is, unless you're Venezuela, uh, you're not going to continue to have 10% inflation every single month. Eventually, you do cap out somewhere, and it actually looks like it's getting better when it's not. You know, it's it's the whole, uh, I think Josh said, hey, you know what? Gas was down 20 cents. Yeah, that's great. It's still $2.80 higher than what it was. You know, but no, they're celebrating the reduction of 20 cents, you know, not the fact that you're already. And that's that's basically what happens with inflation. The numbers start to overlap themselves. So the actual increase. So, hey, you know, that that nine, 10 percent that you've been seeing, we just stay there. Like Barry said, that's that's the new normal. So I've got something totally off the wall. I want to ask you about. Uh, I don't know who wants it, Josh or Luke. It's off the wall. All right, we'll take it to Josh. So part of this bill, they were talking about Medicare can negotiate prescription drug prices. Uh, like I said, 20 drugs happens in four years, and then they put a cap on prescription drugs um, for seniors, which I didn't realize this until, believe it or not, Joe actually said it. It's $2,000 a year per prescription. So that can still end up, you know, it's a lot of money, right? It can be a lot of money. And I get it. There's an emotional piece to the, all of this. What are your thoughts on government restrictions, caps, whatever you want to call it, on private U.S. companies? Did I load that enough for you? On private U.S. companies and what they can charge for prescription drugs? So that's a, it's a good question. Um, you know, and it goes back to, you know, is it a free market? Is it not a free market? Can you have, can you truly have, you know, a true free market, no regulations, you know, it's just, man, it's, you know, it's just straight fire every day. Um, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the drug, you know, the drug price cap, I don't know. I don't know because we have it, not my, you know, obviously not my memory. And I don't think even in our parents' memory, we haven't had a true free market in that. We have this, we, right now we have this hybrid, you know, capitalist market with so many government regulations on it that you can't, it, it's it's hard to say which, you know, one way is better than the other. I mean, you can turn around and you can look at the, the VA and say, oh man, you know, people are like, oh dude, you can go there and get free healthcare <laughs> and your medicines are free. You can get, you can get your meds, you know, express script right to your doorstep and you know, stuff like that. And it's like, That's well, the yeah. VA for you right there. That's the VA. It, See that straight pinky. That's the VA for you. Yeah. And for, for, for our non-YouTube viewers, you know, Roger's bright pinky looks like a question mark. Um, it, it looks like, for, <laughs> dude, it looks like Forrest Gump's spine, you know, before he got his magic shoes. Um, and so, you know, you, you have the VA as an example of government-run healthcare. And 
there are some good folks who work in the VA. Uh, I haven't found them yet, but I'm sure they're, they, I'm sure they're out there. I know Rogers had some positive experiences with, you know, with, with his here and there. And I know a couple other folks who, you know, like, well, you know, largely they, they don't have any complaints about it, but you know, let's, let's remember there are people literally dying in VA waiting rooms and in the parking lots because they can't get the care they need. I'll use myself as you know, so, so check this out. So I went to the, uh, I went to the audiologist today. Um, I haven't been to the audiologist since like, I don't know, like 2018, the last time I went to get a hearing test done and the lady walked in and she was just like, Hey, I'm just going to go ahead and write you a prescription for hearing aids. And I was like, well, I'm here for a hearing exam. And she looked at me, she goes, you haven't passed a hearing exam since 2005. You, you're going to pass one today. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, fair point. Um, so <laughs> You know, I get my hearing aids and, you know, I wear them and I don't wear them and they're annoying and stuff. I have 60% loss in my left ear. Um, I have like 30 to 40% loss in my right ear. Uh, And a lot of that's, you know, it's not necessarily the army. A lot of that's, you know, also, you know, I went to a lot of concerts and. Dude, don't say Nicole and the kids. Nah, don't do that. No, you know, and I listen to my headphones while I mow the yard, you know, so. Uh, you know, Axl Rose and my, and my 3.5 horsepower Briggs and Stratton, um, you know, probably didn't help, but you know, it's like, okay, I need to get a, you know, I need to go see the audiologist and, you know, I need to get a, you know, I need to get that updated anyway. Well, the VA, yeah, yeah, we can get you in brother. Um, it's going to be eight to 12 months before we can get you in. Oh, really? Why? Well, that's just when we can get you in. You're like eight to 12 months. Really? Okay. So my, my PCM's like, okay, I'll put a referral in, you know, for, you know, a local place, you know, that's not the, you know, private provider. And they're like, I call them up, you know, it takes about three days, four days. Um, they get the referral. They actually called me and they're like, Hey, when you, can you get in? I was like, well, when's your, you know, like the next available. They're like, well, we got something tomorrow. And it's like, wow. So that right there that, you know, it's people, people want the government to mandate, you know, run and cap healthcare and manage healthcare and everything like that. Okay. You have not experienced the, the VA, you haven't experienced government run anything. Generally speaking, when the government runs something in its entirety, it sucks. The government is good at two things and two things only. They're good. Like we've already talked about taking your money. And they're good at pointing guns at people. That's the only two things the United States government is good at. The rest of the stuff, they suck. So, to, you know, a long way to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know if the, gov- you know if the government should step in and cap the prices of drugs. I think, well, no, I don't think I know. We haven't had the opportunity to exercise a, a true capitalist market with healthcare. We continue to, you know, with this hybrid crap and it's just it's it, it's not working it is absolutely not working healthcare in america it's it's a disaster it's not any good it's it's gonna get worse um and something i'm all for you know people were like oh we got to redo medicaid you know medicare absolutely overhaul it let's do it um but what we can't do is continue to say we're going to do it and then, you know, 10, 20 years from now, we still have the same crap that we have now that's not working because that's what's happening. Because it's a political death sentence for any politician to get up there and say, I'm going to burn Medicare in place and we are going to build something new. That dude, they're done. They, their opponent's going to run on that, you know, till, 
till the cows come home. You just can't, you can't do it. So I wonder what the, you know, and I, I don't have anything to back this up. I do know that hospitals make a lot of money. I, I they make a lot of money. Uh, but so do, so do pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies. Uh, I just wonder what the market cap is between like a major healthcare conglomerate and Pfizer, for example. I, I think part of the problem is with the pharmaceutical industry, for sure. I mean, the lobby is so strong. And like Tom McDonald said, if you find a cure for, you know, uh, narcotic dependency, you know, pain pills, how does that benefit the pharmaceutical companies? It doesn't, <laughs> you know, I mean, having someone on a continuous supply of drugs is, uh, is absolutely profitable for them. Insulin is strange because I, I thought insulin was naturally occurring, uh, which means I think we might've talked about this on the podcast before, you know, one of the reasons that, uh, I don't want to say homeopathic cause everyone will think I'm a, uh, you know, new ager or whatever, but vitamin D for instance, one of the reasons vitamin D was not pushed during the COVID crisis is because anything that's naturally occurring cannot be patented. So therefore, there's no money in it. Anyone can can put it out there. Same as uh, the ivermectin, right? Ivermectin, when it was uh, shown to treat river blindness, for instance, it was an open patent, which means anyone can make it. So it wasn't profitable for the pharmaceutical companies to push that. Whether it works or not, that's not the point. But are you telling me that the pharmaceutical companies, if someone would have had a patent on vitamin D and ivermectin, if they would have been able to seriously profit on that, do you think they wouldn't have pushed it, whether it works or not? I'm looking at you, vaccine, you know, pharmaceutical, Moderna, Pfizer. Come on, man. They pushed a product that absolutely does not work. It doesn't work. They could have pushed vitamin D. Does that work? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. A lot of studies have shown it does. You know, could they have pushed ivermectin? I don't know. You know, maybe it works, maybe not. But they... <laughs> They didn't push those two because they're not patented. You know what was patented? The vaccines. Those are patented. They're making a ton of money off those. <laughs> Subsidized, by the way, by the federal government. And not just our federal government. Every federal government out there is subsidizing those and paying for them. Uh, it's not the people paying for those right now. Uh, newsflash. It's not. Uh, Roger, real quick question. I think that you put out there, I know I did. I got vaccinated. I did not pay for it, uh, the vaccination. Did you pay for it? Would you mind telling us? And if you don't mind telling us how much you did pay for it? So it was funny. Uh, so for the vaccine itself, I got it done at the VA. So okay. sort okay. of kind of paid for it indirectly, yeah. directly, indirectly, whatever. Yeah. yeah. When I went to get tested, like when I had full-blown Rona, uh, and I went to go get tested. It was funny because they're like, hey, let me see an ID card. I gave them my military ID card. They build TRICARE for that. Mm, interesting. They build so, TRICARE for that. So I'm like, I thought this was supposed to be free. And that's, that's part of the thing. You know, getting back to, to Josh's thing about overhauling and, and all this stuff is a lot of this stuff. And I'm sure everyone that's listening right now has had a similar experience where you go in for a surgery, your wife or a loved one goes in for a surgery and they're like, it's going to cost this much. And you're like, okay, well, how much is that? Is insurance going to cover? And then it's negotiation. Then the negotiations start. 
And a lot of those negotiations are taking place between the hospital and the insurance company. So let's say that the, that the, the surgery is going to cost $70,000 and it's going to be 97% covered by the insurance. You think the insurance is paying $70,000 for that surgery? No. The insurance is going to look at the aspirin that you were given two days later and say, hey, why are you charging me $500 for this aspirin? That's when the negotiation takes place. That's when people get screwed who don't have, well, I guess everybody now has Obamacare, but before it's like, that's where everybody got screwed. It's like, why are you charging me $500 for an aspirin? Why are you charging me $8,000 per night to stay in this hospital? You know, the insurance, they have, they have people whose full-time job it is to negotiate this stuff. So it's like, okay, you're right, Josh. It's like, how do you fix that? I don't know, because it's a whole business now. I don't know. Make all uh, healthcare five hundred one c three. Make it all nonprofit. I don't know. Maybe you know because uh, a lot of nonprofits, you know, their CEOs get paid a ton of money. That's cool. They're good at their job, you know. But now it's for profit. They're all making a ton of money. Boy, it's a. It's. I think I don't know. If, yeah, Roger, you said we we're like encompassing a bunch of topics that could. <laughs> Span over like four or five, seven episodes. It's crazy. So Roger has something quick to say. What is it, Roger? So I want, well, unless you got something else to finish up on, because I do want to talk I do. about them. I got a couple of things. Go ahead, shoot. Okay. So first of all, your Kansas, Kansas thing, right? Credit on the people of Kansas, because what they voted on was to amend their constitution. And in the limited amount of due diligence I did when you called me out and said, Luke can do due diligence, it's like, what they were proposing was an amendment to add to the Constitution that, in my opinion, was very poorly written. Um, it basically added to the Constitution that no one has a right to an abortion, which was not in the Constitution before, but they're going to go ahead and add that. And apparently, within the wording of this amendment, that included rape and incest. So it's like the people of Kansas, I mean, I'm with you, Roger. It's like, man, when the people of Kansas voted that down, I was like, this is not a great win for pro-life or whatever, or, or pro-choice or whatever. This is a great win for the Constitution. This is a great win for the separation of powers. This is a great win for the Tenth Amendment. Because the people of Kansas, I mean, credit to them, man. I, don't, I, I hope we have some listeners in Kansas. You know, you look at the turnout, the turnout for Republicans was huge, and they voted this. So they did not want to amend their Constitution. Like, no, the Constitution stands. Let's figure out another way. Good on them, man. Good on them. Now, that is a very surface level analysis on what I just read in like two minutes, but good on them. Uh, I learned something today, so I, I don't want to bring it back to inflation, but I heard something today called helicopter money. Have you guys heard of helicopter money? Thumbs up, thumbs down when it comes to inflation. Nope. Never heard of it. Okay. It's a, it's some economists talk about when they're discussing inflation and when people are provided money, right? So let's say that you have a town of about a thousand people or you know, doesn't matter. Thousand people. There's a grocery store. There's an electronic store, uh, and all this stuff. Let's say that a helicopter comes overnight and drops a hundred thousand dollars onto every household and said, "This is free money. This is yours." Okay, the cost of the goods in that town are not going to remain the same. The cost of the goods in that town are going to rise. Groceries, everything, because it reflects how much money everyone has in their pocket that particular day. So is anything, is anybody in that town rich because now they have $100,000 or make it a million? No, they're not rich. They're just going to end up paying more for their goods. It's simple supply and demand. 
So Roger, I, I know you want to talk about something else, but I'm going to address this. You can completely ignore it and kick it to Josh because you are not a globalist and I am. But Zelensky <laughs> openly is in, well, it's not openly. Zelensky is in open talks with China right now to rebuild the country. Once the war is over or even while the quote unquote war is going on. And the war is so is raging so hard in Ukraine that Jessica Chastain visited this past weekend. Ben Stiller, you know, major movie stars are visiting. They're so brave. You two had a concert in Kiev, 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 however you say it this this week. I mean, <laughs> I am of the mind now. <laughs> My patience is running very thin with Ukraine right now and the whole situation. At this point, I am no Putin lover. I hate Putin. I really do. But F Ukraine, F Zelensky. This is a money laundering scheme. This guy is milking it for all it's worth on the cover of Vogue magazine with his wife. I don't know if they're on the cover, but they were in Vogue magazine. Vogue was there doing a photo shoot, showing how glamorous they are in the midst of war. Ugh. Dude, I'm, I'm just F. Zelensky in talks with China about rebuilding the country. I just, I am done with Ukraine. I don't want a single more, one more of my dollars going over there. I'm done with it. It's a joke. It's a joke. So I don't know how long that's going to go on. Roger, you can address that or not, but you go ahead, man. Take it. So I think in the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, I think it's there was another $4 billion, right, uh, supposed to go to Ukraine to help them. It was like budget administration. I, I think it was Josh. And you tweet that out earlier or text it or something like that. It's like budget administration, like $4 billion or whatever. Dude, it's a play, right? The China thing's a play. It's a political play. Hey, uh, Joe and Democrats, if you don't give us more money, guess what? We're going to bring China into play, right? Uh, that, that's exactly what that is. A couple of things, and then I'll, I'll throw it over to Josh. Going back to the prescription drug prices. So here's the argument, right? About and, and, and the problem is exactly what Josh said. You know, it's the whole Mr. Miyagi. You walk on the left side of the road, you're all right. You walk on the right side of the road, you're all right. You walk in the middle, you're screwed. And so when you, 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 you have capitalism, but then the government continues to get involved, so you really don't have free market, that, that's where you just get squished like great. And, you know, to, to answer your question as far as, you know, fixing healthcare, it'll never get fixed. I mean, it's not. I'm just telling you right now, I don't know it gets any better. You know, you might have pockets of populations here and there, but the way the system is right now and the way it's designed, it, it won't get fixed. Here's the thing with uh, prescription drug prices is... The whole reason you had Operation Warp Speed and, and the argument against capping this stuff is for R&D. Because if, guess what? If Pfizer doesn't make a gazillion dollars, then they're not going to do it. If Moderna doesn't make a gazillion dollars or AstraZeneca doesn't make a gazillion dollars, why put forth the money? And that's just a business decision, right? Why put forth the, the R&D for something that you're not going to make money off of? So that is the big argument when it comes to... Uh, you know, negotiating drug prices with them, allowing Medicare to do it, uh, and as far as being able to cap any of those prices. And having Medicare, and this is the problem, with this goes back to Obamacare, right? Because the whole premise of Obamacare, and I'm going to mess them up, I can't, I always forget the difference between Medicare and Medicaid, but uh, the whole premise of Obamacare is that the Medicare rates will be used across the board. And like Luke said, uh-uh, that don't happen. Much like, hey, 
Guess what? The COVID test was free. It's free if you didn't have insurance, because if you had insurance, you paid $199 for it. Okay. Why did you pay $199 for it? You paid $199 because you had to subsidize those that did not have insurance uh, or didn't show up with an insurance card or whatever. You had to pay for them. Okay, so that's the that's the ultimate failure in Obamacare. And this stuff, they'll continue to kick the can. They'll throw some money at it or whatever. But it's when you look at that, when you look at the Obamacare piece, when you look at, hey, you know what? They talk about insurance is so expensive. Well, then you know, it's it's these greedy, you know, Pfizer and 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 uh, AstraZeneca and this and that. Well, how come a lot of states, Maryland, looking at you, how come they don't allow people to uh, enter into group health insurance if, like, you're self-employed or if you're with another another company? Like, if you're a company that's too small, right? Because that's what it is. It's if you're if you're a company that's small, you're just your host because we don't have the buying power. To go out and push our weight and say, hey, you know what, United Health Group or or Blue Cross Blue Shield, you need to offer some better rates because I've got a thousand employees here and we'll take our business somewhere else. They don't care about 10 employee mom and pop shop. But hey, you know what? A lot of these states, you know, a lot of these states have laws that say, well, hey, Josh, your 10 employee small company can't band with Luke's 10 employee small company. And you guys can't band with my 10 employee small company. So that we actually have some strength in numbers and take and go into one group policy. Again, governments get involved and it's a lot of nuts and bolts. So I get it. Bottom line with this whole thing is, uh, I, I think with the prescription drug prices, once you get involved into it and you start reading and you get into it, hey man, they're, they're, they're for-profit companies. And unless you do like what Luke said, uh, you know, turn them in all into non-profits, I mean, that's just what they're going to do. Okay, that's it. But there is a plus side to it with the R&D and all that other stuff. And you, you get into the you know ethics of all that stuff or whatever. So I'll kick it over to, to Josh. I know he's been off the mic here for about 20 minutes. Floor is yours, brother. Floor is yours. No, it's all good. Luke, uh, Luke decided he was going to push it back to you. Instead of uh, instead of me, it's cool. Well, he does. He does have a you know. Uh, for those out there, we do call it like C one point five because it's really like the Luke show, and then he involves <laughs> us whenever he wants to. So it's you only that's get how it is in my head. My, that's no. how I see it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, it, it, Roger. Just to uh, just to, to to tie up and finish the uh, you know the healthcare thing. Remember, you know, you talked you brought up Operation Warp Speed, and when they came out and they're like, "We are lifting all of the regulations that are in there place to do this," it was like, "Well, why don't you just go ahead and get rid of them permanently?" Like, if lifting all those makes it work more efficiently and better for the American people, then just get rid of them in their entirety. Like, what do what are we doing? Like that part, dude, that part's insane to me. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's, God, it's such a mess, man. This is such a dumpster fire. The entire country is such a dumpster fire. And the whole Ukraine thing, man, I, dude, I've been, I, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm not a Putin lover like Luke, you know, said he's not, I, dude, I hate Putin. I absolutely came out wrong. My bad, Luke. <laughs> dude, I hate Putin and I hate Zelensky. I hated Zelensky at the beginning of this thing. Right? I'm pretty sure I said that. Not a fan. Not a fan of Zelensky. I'm not a fan of Putin. It's okay. You can hate both of them and still be a good person. Like, they, 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 you know, they, they are not mutually exclusive because you turned around. We didn't have $5 billion. Congress told Trump they, they, he, they didn't have $5 billion for the wall. But guess who we've had hundreds of billions for? 
Well, we've had hundreds of billions for Zelensky. We've had hundreds of billions for Ukraine. And Ukraine, we've said it before on here, Ukraine is the washing machine, the money washing machine of the world. That's all Ukraine is. It's a, it, it, that's all that place is. And your tax dollars, yours, yours and mine, continue to pour into that place. And we will never see that again. We will never see that money ever again. It's not going to get repaid. It's going, and it's not going, it's not going to, you know, the, the person who really, really needs it, you know, that, that parent now who, you know, maybe they're a single parent, maybe there's a kid who lost both parents, right. In, in Kiev or Kiev, however you say it, that's who it needs to go to, but it's not, it's going into the coffers of Zelensky and his cronies it's going, and then it's getting put back into the coffers of American politicians, all the ones who have gone over there into this, you know, this war zone is so bad. It's so terrible. But like Lou said, you two's having a concert. You're like, what? Wait, hold on. Like, this is crazy. And now, now he's talking to China to get China in there to, you know, help, help put it into the war and, and get the Russians out. Did you guys see the, uh, did you guys see Afghanistan? Well, one, we haven't even talked about this yet. Like, you, you, we've been talking about the, you know, the shit show that is the United States right now. But Zawahiri, baby. Zawahiri. He got a, uh, he got a Ninja Blade JDAM to the face. Um, you know, so hell yeah. So that was that was pretty awesome. I, hey, man, I where, where was he? Where was he staying at when that happened? Oh well, <laughs> as luck would have it, he came out of his uh, you know his hiding place in uh, you know in in Pakistan, and dude, he was in downtown Kabul. He was on a balcony in a condo in downtown Kabul, and he was a guest of. <gasps> The Taliban. No Man. way. You don't say. And for you, you French speakers out there, that's D-donk. Yeah. <laughs> so here you have, you know, now, you know, used to the, the number two, to, you know, in Al-Qaeda uh, until UBL's uh, demise. And then he was the he was the number one. And it's just it's kind of crazy how all of a sudden after we leave Afghanistan, that dude shows up in Kabul. It's weird. It's weird how that works. But anyway, we found him, um, and uh, he is he is no more. I remember uh, one of my trips. Uh, I think it was like twenty ten ish time frame. Uh, there was a big push for him, man. There was a, a really big push because that was right after uh, the uh, yeah yeah it was twenty ten. Yeah, it was right after the December two thousand nine Bob Chapman attack. Um, so there was a big push for him, and uh, you know he went to ground and. You know, he, I, I'm convinced he was in Pakistan, you know, the, the entire time living the life. Um, but anyway, but guess who else the Taliban is courting besides, uh, you know, the, the previously alive, uh, I'm in Zawahiri, China, they're getting ready to sign an agreement with China. China is going to come in and start digging holes in the earth in Afghanistan. Um, why? Because Afghanistan is sitting on a whole lot of minerals, a whole lot. They've got uh, approximately 2.3 billion metric tons of iron ore, 30 million metric tons of copper, and 1.4 million metric tons of rare earth minerals. Uh, they are actually thinking 
that the largest lithium deposit outside of Bolivia, right now Bolivia has the the world's largest known lithium deposit. They're saying that uh, the one they found in Afghanistan is is second is second to only that one. Um, Good luck, so, John. So, Good luck. so, do you think there are they carbon capturing when they dig up this lithium mine? Or? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No, no, because that? no, because China backed out of any talks with the U.S. Right. on the climate. No, no, Luke, you got it wrong, man. China cares about the climate. They care about the climate. India cares, you know, cares about the climate. That's why them two, the two largest producers of pollution in the world, um, you know, not only into the air but also into rivers. Have you seen? Have you seen those uh, those videos coming out of India and China to where they just got these big uh, front end loaders and they just push trash into the river and just you know just watches it float on down. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's their dumps. No, man, but it's green, though. It's green, you know, because, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth or something. Careful, uh, careful. We got some India listeners on here now. Yeah. Dude, we oh, got yeah, like 10%. 10%. Hey, hey, for all our India listeners, F China, bro. We're on your side. <laughs> F China. I know. I know. No, hey, 100% hey, hey. on that. The U.S., the U.S., when we were industrializing back in the day and <laughs> – I give a shout out to our India listeners, man. Ten percent. We got to say something, right? I mean, when we were industrializing, we took a shit on the environment too. Okay, India's still on their way. <laughs> it's like I understand, bro. I understand, and whatever. So y'all do your thing, but China can go. Y'all, y'all know what China can do. So real quick, we for our India listeners out there, we're getting ready to pull a Joe Biden. So Luke and I are going to slowly separate ourselves from Josh. In his comment. <laughs> so let me ask Luke. I, I'd ask Luke, hey, do you want Josh to be on the next episode of Culver's Canteen Cup? And in Joe Biden fashion, I, you'd be like. I do not think that Josh will show up for the next episode. I'm only worried about this episode. That's it. Not the next one. Just this one. Uh, I tried to get, I do. I tried to get out of this one the other day and, you know, we were like, looks like, oh, no, man, I'm good. I, I can move it another, I can push another day. I was like, dude, not nah, man. Like, just go ahead and do one without me. I was tired, man. I just got them doing a bunch of yard work. Because uh, your whole monkeypox vaccine, man. How's that going? It's going good, dude. The, the, the ointment really helps. <laughs> like, all around my mouth and stuff. If you just put it all around your mouth, it, it, man, that wouldn't really help. <laughs> so I, 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 it reminds me of Desitin, like, like diaper rash. I floated an I floated an idea to Michelle because Roger, Michelle's my wife. Roger had a great idea of documenting the monkeypox, and I was like, "Hey, Michelle, let's do this." And I was going to put together some video shorts and have Roger clip them all together, uh, a la Cuomo when he had COVID. And Michelle was not on board. She did not like the script because it was like she was going to (laughs) ask. So it was going to be like the second or third iteration. So how did you get it? And I was going to say, you know, the script called for me saying, well, the contract tracing is not quite clear. And Michelle's (laughs) going to say, well, it says here you can always get it. You can only get it from like sexual contact. And I was like, we don't talk about that in this house. <laughs> and I had a basement I was going to come out of, and Michelle was like, "No, we're not doing that." Holy crap! That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Yeah. So the monkeypox is uh, monkeypox vaccine is going really well, Roger. Um, you should probably go 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 get that next week. So, <laughs> you know, the, the whole monkeypox thing. Um, 
you know, it's, it's crazy how they declared, a, you know, an emergency on it. Um, and they're talking about the vaccine for it, but the CDC, like nobody's talking about how you get it. Like nobody wants to say, nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about, Hey, here's how not to get the monkeypox. I don't, I know but you why. remember, you remember HIV, right? You remember y'all, y'all were yeah, y- 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 straight up. Like there were, uh, magic Johnson, which I, I've always thought that was even back then my dark humor way back then when magic Johnson came out and said, I have HIV. I was like, it's kind of funny. Your name is magic Johnson. I mean, I just thought that was funny, <laughs> but then when like Tommy Morrison, uh, the boxer got it, you know, there was that stigma is like, you only get it if you're a homosexual male, you know, right. and Tommy Morrison was not a homosexual male. He might've done his fair share of intravenous drugs. And boy, that guy was promiscuous with the females. Let me tell you. And Tulsa, Oklahoma, he was a, a dog, put it to you that way. But people were afraid of getting it because it's like, boy, you know what that means. So it's like I, I've read up a lot on monkeypox, Josh, to, to your point. Josh is yawning. I'm making a really good point right now. <laughs> and he's yawning. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you work out at the gym or whatever, you know, and you're just like, boy, I sure hope I don't get it. Because, man, if I have to tell the guys I got monkeypox, <laughs> then what? <laughs> Dude, you just lie, man. You make that shit up. You're like, man, you're saying monkey pox. Yeah. This is if a tygo or something. Yeah, this is a staff infection. This is ringworm. Ringworm. <laughs> ringworm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Guess you don't die from it. From what I'm seeing, it's like you don't die from it. No, it's right? like chicken pox. It's like chicken pox. I mean, it's possible. Like if you have a severely compromised immune system, and I would be willing yeah. to bet that anybody who's dying of monkey pox already has AIDS. I would be willing to bet that, or a severely compromised immune system. Dude, nobody, dude, the people with severely compromised immune systems, COVID's already taken care of that. So, not all of them, brother. No, (laughs) not all of them. That's terrible. That's terrible to say. It's terrible to joke about. (sighs) Anyway, it's okay. YouTube's already given us the label. It's fun. It's fun. You dropped the F bomb like. Five seconds I, into the did I, I can't believe I did that. So Roger is just chopping at the bit. <laughs> He's chopping at the bit. He wants to talk about Arizona, where it's only like two percent of our listeners are out of Apache Junction. But I guess we'll go. <laughs> hold, on, hold on. So before before we get before we get one thing, I, so I looked this up while you guys were talking the uh, you know the benefits of uh, of insulin and uh, and everything and the monkeypox vaccine. I had to look this up real quick. And this is going to blow your guys' minds. All right. So there's 87,000, you know, going to be 87,000 new IRS agents. How many people are in the Border Patrol, the entire agency? How many do you think? 40,000. 64,000. Wow. 64,000. Okay. How many people work in the Pentagon? On a daily basis. 70,000? 20K. 24,000. Oh, I was way off. How many people are in the Federal Bureau of Investigation? It's like 14, isn't it? Just shy of 20. So, think about that. CBP, FBI, the Pentagon. They're... Just hired 87,000 more 
not, you know, not total, more IRS agents. 87,000. That amount of people doesn't even work in the Pentagon. That amount of people is aren't even assigned to the FBI. That amount of people aren't even assigned to the Border Patrol. I would like but to the see IRS, the that's crazy. I'd like to see the fine print, like because they're saying IRS agents, right? So I'm thinking auditors, you know, but I I wonder if it's all auditors. Surely it can't be. If there were eighty seven thousand auditors, you'd have to hire one hundred sixty thousand people to support them. To support people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. So I wonder. Yeah. Not that it matters. I don't care. I don't want one more person added to the IRS. How about that? No. DeSantis needs to run on this, man. Period. Period. Yeah. I, I, I just thought I started thinking about that. I was like, what is that you know comparable to? That's that that is absolutely crazy. That is absolutely are, crazy. They are doubling in size. So to give everybody uh, you know some perspective out there, so that's roughly going to be just shy of one hundred and ninety thousand IRS agents. We are going that, to bleed it out of you. That's what they're saying. That's yeah. what they're saying. We are going to squeeze your scrotum or fem- female parts, whatever, so hard that we're going to bleed it out of you. Because you think about it, Josh. Think about this. Uh, uh, let's say that these people get hired on as a GS-11. Uh, it's probably about GS-11 step one. I don't know. Is that $79,000 a year? So the expectation is going to be we hire this person. We need to get more than seventy nine. Well, it should be. We we're going to get more than seventy nine thousand dollars worth of revenue out of hiring this one person. And remember, we're basically only going after people who make less than two hundred thousand dollars. So, bro, yeah. this is not going to work out the way they think. No, it it, it it is absolutely insane because and you have these idiots on you know you, right now and I'm I'm kind of scrolling through Twitter a little bit as we're chatting dude Twitter is straight fire right now like it is it is completely off the rails um you you got people you know all on there it's like you know it's like Roger said at the very beginning of this you know it was like well if you don't cheat on your taxes then you got nothing to worry about okay did you just sell something on Facebook marketplace oh you sold that you sold that bookcase for $15 cash? Yeah. You pay taxes on that? Oh, you didn't. Oh, well, well sorry Brenda, but we're going to have to go ahead and take you to jail. Right? It's absolutely crazy. It is absolutely insane. You know, people are talking about, "Well, just don't cheat on your taxes." It's like, "Okay, you ever had a garage sale? How much you make at that garage sale?" Did you claim that on your taxes? Oh, I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't, buddy. I'm telling you, man. T- oh, you you received gifts. You you helped somebody. You helped a buddy move, and he gave you gifts. He gave you beer and pizza. Oh, man, that's a gift. That can be construed as a gift. Did you claim that? No. Mm, man, we got some problems here, Joe. Tell you. This is this is bad. This is not this is not good at all. This is absolutely not good. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I, I know I jumped in there real quick, Roger, but you can go ahead and uh, go ahead and take it from here. No, man, it was actually your turn. Luke just bypassed you again. He's determined oh, to yeah. catch you out of this episode. <laughs> did, I, did I really? C two, baby, C two. Just uh, you just look at Roger. Luke, I thought man, I... He, dude, Luke's been he he's been eyeing that angle for for years now. 
since at least hey, I see I, I see profitability in this thing. That's all I'm saying. I see profit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking at margins. Yeah, you are you, you better report those to the IRS. <laughs> I know that's what I was texting on here in the group chat. I was like, dude, I totally need to get a job with the IRS. That would complete C3. You've got Luke with what he does, violating the rights of Americans every day. You've got Josh out there giving the jab. Dude, it's only fitting if I go work for the IRS. Oh, dude. I need to become Most- an auditor. <laughs> the most hated podcast <laughs> in America. <laughs> You're talking about fighting for the rights of the American citizen. It's like, where do, where do you guys work? What do you do? Oh, yeah. Anyway, lastly, I wanted to bring up anyway, was the get your guys' thought. So we had some primaries. We had Arizona. We had a couple primaries out. Uh, I think, was it Michigan had a primary? A couple other states had some primaries. I didn't track a lot of the other ones. I just saw some of the uh, the Trump endorsed folks, but out here in Arizona, uh, all the Trump backed candidates won. So for uh, Blake Masters uh, for Senate to go up against Mark Kelly, uh, Carrie Lake for governor going up against Katie Hobbs, and then the AG, his name skips my mind, but uh, he was also endorsed by Trump. And one, and, and I voted for Carrie Lake in full transparency, not that anybody cares one way or another, but like, we, we've talked about and we've complained about how they televise this stuff. I like, I don't even understand it. When I went to bed that night, I actually tweeted or I, I texted on the C3 text. I was like, Hey, looks like, uh, you know, Karen Robinson was going to win this thing. I said, Carrie Lake looks like she's going to lose because it had shown, it showed 60% of the, uh, of the precincts reporting Maricopa largest County in the country or largest, uh, County in the state. Uh, had gone to Robeson. So I was like, Hey, you lose Maricopa County. You're done. Next thing you know, man, you wake up the next day, Carrie Lake won by a significant you know, margin and carried every County in Arizona with exception of one, I think. So I'm like, dude, there's something off with Italian there. Like it just doesn't make sense. And it still took several days to finally get the, you know, all the votes in, but here's my question to whoever wants to take this, uh, whether, you know what, I'll kick it back to you, Josh, just cause that's, that's the kind of guy I am. Um, What's your thoughts on Trump endorsements? I mean, so first of all, can you think of any time in the last, you know, several decades? Well, take it all the way back to you were a kid and actually, you know, were could actually recall things and, and knew what was going on. Uh, have Trump endorsements, have, have political endorsements had this type of impact any time in, in recent history? Uh, and then what do you see playing out uh, as far as those Trump endorsed candidates on, on a national scale? Uh, no, I can't recall any time that a political candidate, you know, that their endorsements has, has carried this much weight with this many candidates. I think you've always had your, you know, your endorsement from one person and that, per, you know, they took that candidate, took that one person um, or that person, that one candidate. And, you know, and they were like, Hey, this, you know, I'm, I'm hitching my, my cart to this horse. And, and it was, you know, and it worked out for him. Um, at scale like this, I don't know of any time, even, you know, even in history, I'd, I'd have to go back and do some digging for it. Because uh, you look at Trump has influenced races in Arizona. He's influenced races in the Midwest. He's influenced races on the East Coast. You know, the uh, folks that he's backed. He's not, you know, he, he's obviously, he's not batting a thousand, but he's batting well over 500, 
And I mean, that's, you know, dude, you're, you know, that's hell of a batting average um, for sure. You know, he did. It, it, I tell you the one place that I thought it would, he would, he would carry a little bit of weight that he didn't um, was Georgia. I really thought he was going to influence those races in Georgia a lot more uh, than he did, but Georgia's man, Georgia's become a really weird state. Um, it is not as red as people think it is. Um, because again, you know, you have Fulton and DeKalb, DeKalb County that carry, you know, very, very, very deep blue, um, along with, uh, along with Savannah, which is now very, you know, very blue. Um, and, uh, I would say even kind of the Augusta area. Uh, so anyway, so Trump hadn't had the influence in Georgia that, you know, he may have had four years ago, um, or even, you know, six, six years ago, really. But I think, I think you're still going to see, you know, I think you're still going to see, you know, his candidates do well. Um, I don't know that you'll see them all, you know, you're not going to see them all win. I'll go ahead and say that, but I think you're going to see a lot of them do very well. Uh, so you guys remember Joe Kent up in, uh, up in Washington state. Uh, so it's just now it's Joe Kent won his race. Um, you know, and so Joe Kent, uh, retired green beret, um, his wife was Shannon Kent who got killed in, uh, Mambidge, Syria, uh, suicide bomber, along with some other folks, uh, back in, I think it was 28, 2018, 2019, if I'm, uh, correct, Luke, I can't remember. It was shortly after, uh, we were there. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to have some pull. And you, and you said it before, Roger. I think he's going to have a lot of pull in some places. And I think in other places, his, you know, his 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 backing is not going to account for much. Um, so hopefully that uh, hopefully that answer your question. Yeah, and I think every I forget how many Republicans voted to impeach uh, Trump, but I think only one candidate so far. Uh, has survived. I think the others have been have, have lost in the primaries. Yep. So that uh, that just leaves. Well, it doesn't just leave, but that's uh, Liz Cheney, man. Dude, it couldn't have happened to a better person. Eight more days. I, is that, eight more is days. that the primary for? Is that the primary for yeah. Liz Cheney? Eight days. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, real quick, I'm sorry. Woke AJ Todd just got a. Uh, a reply from the Charlotte Clymer. Do y'all know who Charlotte Clymer is? I know the name. Oh, she's the writer, lesbian, Texan, veteran, Hoya. She, um, yeah, she's, she's big in the, in the DC circles, but she, uh, basically said, oh yes, that infamously far leftist organization, the FBI, because she's all over this FBI raid. You know, uh, Rachel Maddow said, tomorrow's the day you're going to want to buy a print newspaper uh, because it's going to be Mar-a-Lago raided by FBI, all that stuff. And I woke AJ Todd follows all of these accounts. Ilhan Omar, AOC, Charlotte Clymer, uh, that thing that's the Deputy uh, Health and Human Services, um, the thing that's uh, the nuclear waste disposal. Yeah, he follows all that. And I woke um, AJ Todd just said, this isn't the flex you think it is. And she actually t- replied back, which is crazy. What? She said, she said, how is this a flex? And I was like, FBI isn't black in the trust category across the board lately. And I, I think that's, I think that's accurate. And, and what's, what's funny 
is so-called liberals now trust the FBI. They love the FBI now. It's like, what happened? I mean, you people, your hypocrisy knows no bounds. Oh my gosh. I, I cut in there. Roger, you were making a point and I, I cut you off and I, I severely apologize. No, you're fine. It's, it's because it doesn't fit their narrative. You know, it, it goes back to voting and everything else. All I want is what's fair. Uh, obviously, do my ideals and principles, you know, do they fall more on the conservative side? Yeah, they do for most things, probably the majority of things. But at the end of the day, it's like voting. I just want fair elections. I want to know that my vote counted. And at the end of the day, man, whoever wins, wins. I mean, that's why we have the process that we have. And 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 with these folks here, and Josh has been saying this for, for months, if not over a year now, it's like, you know, the, it seems the conservatives do not want to fight dirty. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, I can't get my hand, you know, because we're, you know, Lindsey Graham was reminding him of, you know, the decorum rules today when he questioned uh, another senator's, you know, possible motivations. And I guess, you know, one day we're going to have to pull out these rules, right? We're going to have to pull out like, the, the decorum of the Senate because apparently you can't question the motivations of, a, of another senator on the floor or whatever. But it's, it's the, the hypocrisy of these folks. It's, they're not even principled. They're not even principled. You know, it's like, hey, man, I, I, I got into, I was sitting here on Twitter and usually I don't respond a whole lot. It's little one-liners here. I retweet, uh, you know, some stuff that C3 puts out because nobody else will retweet it. So you got to have at least one share. Um, <laughs> and, and that's the truth. So you listeners out there feel, uh, feel free. But, I, you know, I got into it with, with one guy and uh, it was actually to another post. And it was kind of funny because this never happens on Twitter. Um, it was, what's her face down in Florida freed. She's like, Oh, abortions, whatever. I'm like, so what's the limit? And I'm like, you won't respond to that because you're scared that if you actually throw your principles out there, you alienate a lot of your voters. Cause most folks, like we said, left and right do have some limits, limits to abortion. And then one guy actually came out and he's like, no limit. And so I replied and I wasn't being snarky. I said, Hey, you know what? At least you got, uh, at least you came out and, and you stated, you know, your position or whatever. I said, at least your, your position is clearly defined. And then from there, we actually had it again for what you can get on Twitter. You, we actually had a little bit of dialogue going back and forth. He was like, well, this is why I think there's no limits or should be no limits. And I kind of went, oh, well, this is why I think there should be yada, yada, yada. And again, it was like four or five things back and forth, but probably the most constructive piece that I've, I've, <laughs> I've had in Twitter or most constructive conversation I've had on Twitter uh, since I've been on there for a couple of years. But that's the problem is the, these folks, it's not even based on their principles or anything. It's, it's, Hey, whatever group is going to support and fit my narrative today, that's what I'm going to support. It's like the police is defund the police today. Or we are, or it's like the big corps or uh, corporations. Again, you know, you talk about what this is. I don't know what side, like the left, are they supporting big corp today? Or are they anti big corporations? I guess they're anti big corporation today because of the 15% minimum tax on big corporations. Right. Um, they're against big corporations because, and I'm telling you, you better pay attention to this, the American Innovation and Choice Online Act. I, I brought it up before a couple weeks ago. You better pay attention to that thing because it's got a lot of support and it is going to be life-changing and not in a good way. But it's, it's you know, that they flip-flop back and forth depending on whoever supports their narrative this week. Real quick, uh, Luke, did you have something to say? <clears throat> yeah, um, I looked into that. I, I looked into that. That uh, what you're what you're talking about, and it does have market cap, though. That act right. it does it does have market cap. 
It does. And I think the a good example, the best example that I read today, and so for those listeners out there, you can go Google it real quick, the American Innovation and Choice Online Act, but it has a market cap. So basically they're talking about big tech. And what they're saying is big tech cannot give any preferential treatment to traffic, products, services, or anything to their own products, right? So uh, an example of this that I read today, which is beautiful, and I know I'm totally going away from what I was going to bring up with the whole China thing that you were talking about or Taiwan visit, but we can hop into that after this. But uh, the, the example was, imagine when you first bought an iPhone or when the fir- iPhone first came out, there were only 15 apps. They were Apple apps. They pre-installed them. There was no app store, this and that. Long story short, what this does is potentially says, well, Apple, you can no longer sell your iPhones with only Apple apps on there. You either have to take them all off or you have to have a mixed bag representing a a decent uh, cross-section of every software producer out there. They'll get another example. They'll get around. Another example is 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 Amazon. Uh, They're going to have to. They're going to have to find some way. Another example is Amazon, where you've got Amazon Choice. Oh, by the way, uh, because I've got Amazon products in a warehouse in Phoenix, uh, I can no longer offer same day shipping because Luke's crappy product that happens to be in Seattle is going to take ten days to get here. So guess what? It's coffee. I can't give coffee. It it should be coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I can't give preferential treatment right, to uh, my own product because I have it in a, a, a warehouse that's, that happens to be down the street versus yours that happens to be, you know, 10 states away. And again, that's just the tip of the iceberg. A lot of this stuff hasn't come out yet, but I tell, I'm telling you, you better start paying attention to it because it's all under the skies of equity or equality. I can't remember which one they're using now. Is it equality or equity? It should be Not the same. What they're talking about is equity. Right. Should be equality, but regardless, it's the uh, pay attention to it because it's going to be life changing. I'll throw it over to Josh unless you've got something else to add on that. But uh, Luke brought up Pelosi going to Taiwan. Uh, her visit obviously over. Uh, is she back in the states now, or is she still traveling? She's back in the states, right? Maybe, sorta. I don't. I don't. Anyway, I don't yeah, care. I guess who cares she, where Pelosi she's, is? She's back in the states because she was doing a presser today about the the the, the passing of the of the inflation reductionary thing. Gotcha. And then you got, uh, you know, China shooting, you know, threatened to shoot down the plane, you know, and they, of course they didn't necessarily say it that directly. Pretty close though. I think like the defense minister or something like that came out and said something like that. And then you even had, uh, Pelosi basically saying that we accept or, um, you know, as far as Taiwan sovereignty, we recognize it which we don't. We've talked about that before. And then immediately you had to have Kirby come out and say, no, status quo will not be changed. We're not looking for a change in the status quo. So Josh, let me throw it over to you for some uh, thoughts on Pelosi's visit to, to Taiwan. Well, was it worth it? Did we get anything out of it? Well, I think it was, uh, I think it was Luke that uh, texted it out, you know, cause we asked, I th- you know, I think we asked, maybe it was the last episode that we, uh, yeah. Last episode we talked about it. It was like, okay, well, why is the Speaker of the House going to Taiwan? And it was just it didn't make it, it didn't make sense, right? It's like why is the why is the Speaker of the House going to Taiwan? Why is it you know the sex state going to Taiwan? Um, you know why is it the VP or you know the President? Like why the Speaker? And I think Luke texted out and was like, "Oh, that's right, it's NDAA time." 
right? So that coupled along with, you know, the news that was starting to come out about, you know, Hunter's laptop and, oh yeah, by the way, Joe Biden had multiple meetings, you know, with Hunter, the voicemail, you know, he left on, uh, he left on Hunter's phone talking about his business dealings and, you know, that relationship with China was, was starting to, you know, slowly leak out. And it was, you know, it was, it was out there on social media. It wasn't, you know, it, none of the major news carriers were going to carry it because they're all cowards and they're all controlled by the, you know, they're all controlled by the same pocketbook. But, you know, that was starting to get, you know, that was starting to get a little bit of ground. And you, you, you later on, you know, you have a president with a, you know, dude, you have a president with, you know, uh, an approval rating that looks like a, you know, a, a, a bare bones minimum ASVAB score. Um, hey, 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 hey. You know, don't insult Luke <laughs> like that. So they had to, you know, so like, okay, well, what can we do to show that we're strong against China? Well, the best thing you can do to show you're strong against China is go over, you know, and shake hands and kiss babies in Taiwan. And so that's, you know, that's that's what they did. Um, and it, it it was a success. I don't know that Joe's going to get a bump in the polls from it. Um, I I don't know, but the. <sighs> The whole thing on, you know, Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan was just straight. We, we've got to stop talking about Joe and how bad inflation is. If we can just talk about, you know, China threatening to shoot Nancy Pelosi's plane out of the sky for one day, that's a win. Right. Because we're not talking about Joe and, and, and what's going on. So that's the. That's my take on uh, that's my take on that. I couldn't remember if you asked anything about any, me anything else. My my, my question remains because I, I believe we talked about this the last episode uh, because she hadn't she hadn't gone yet. The last episode we recorded, and my question remains: Why? Why did you go? Oh, why? What was the purpose of going? You know, I, I do believe there was a purpose. It wasn't just oh, let's just go to Taiwan. There's a purpose there. And that has yet to be revealed, and nor will it ever be. Uh, I think we, we're seeing a new normal in the South China Sea now. I think China is just going to continue on with these military exercises, become more and more aggressive with them. Uh, for what purpose? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, but again, why? Why'd you go, Nancy? What was discussed? You know, yeah, de facto blockade, like Josh said. I mean, Bro, I mean, this, this is pretty serious. People people don't quite understand it. What was pissing me off on Twitter, and I think we covered this last episode, but I think it bears repeating again, is that somebody posts a question out there like, you know, well, how would you feel if Pelosi's plane was shot down? People are like, man, fuck her. And I'm like, no, no, that's the wrong answer. That is the wrong answer. Politics stops at the water's edge. I don't care who, I don't care who disagrees with me on that. She's an American, and she's the Speaker of the House. Oh, it's red button time, but but again, was it worth it? I don't know. I don't know what they talked about. I do know their husband sold a ton of uh, of uh, of stock like before she went. Uh, I think it was superconductor or whatever semiconductors, whatever she sold. Yeah, but people people don't understand again. And I, we've talked about this on the podcast. You know, Taiwan is Silicon Valley what, East, and <laughs> if the Chinese invaded Taiwan tomorrow, bro. Things would get so bad so fast in the U.S. Uh, and like, I, I think I'm rehashing last last podcast where it's like we think that subsidizing chip manufacturers is a good thing, whatever. We've got to be less reliant on Taiwan. 
I don't know, Roger, you're not a globalist. I, what do you think about that? It's like if we had the chip manufacturing here in the States, would Taiwan matter as much? And would it really matter if China took back Taiwan? I mean, does it really matter that uh, that Putin is taking back Crimea, who consider themselves Russian anyway? I know the Taiwanese, the majority of them, uh, want to be their own independent country. But believe you me, audience, there are people in Taiwan that want to be reunified with China. So, Roger, I mean, what does it matter? So what? The Chinese take Taiwan. What difference does it make? I mean, they don't have to take it because they already own it. I mean, we don't even we don't even recognize Taiwan's sovereignty. So in our eyes, you know, they've already got it. And you hit it on the head with the semiconductors. They should have the whole, you know, bringing back manufacturing here in the United States. And we talked about this in an early episode when you need that significant emotional event to make something like that event to make something like that happen. That was when COVID first started, right? When we started having the supply chain, you know, crisis, that is the catalyst that you needed back then to start doing that. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, if, if China went in and invaded Taiwan, this and that, I mean, yeah, we'd probably, things would go crazy here. And this is, this is the crazy thing about it. It, it would go nuts here domestically, but not on the global stage because we wouldn't do anything because my, uh, you know, my problem with the whole, you know, the rhetoric back and forth was that I guarantee if president Trump was still in office and that was said, he'd come out and said, eh, you know, you do that and we'll turn you into a parking lot because that's what he's known for. And that's what he would have done. But you know, what do we get from the Pentagon? What do we get from the administration? Because I'm with Luke with this. And I know Josh is along the same line. You know, Hey man, once you leave, you know, the mainland and you go overseas, Hey man, politics aside, you're an American uh, and, and you're an elected American at that point. Who's, you know, uh, third in line to the, you know, to the presidency. And those threats come out and you just got, well, you know, the administration says, well, you know what, we, we just, we rely on the guidance of, of DOD. And DOD's like, hey man, that's, you know, she's in Congress. Like, we don't have anything to do with that. I mean, we don't recommend that you go. It's not a good idea, but she's a congressperson. So that's on her. You know, everybody's just kind of fudging him and Han and, you know, KJP. Well, you know, it's not really confirmed that she's going. Look, she's going. Everybody knew she was going. And I'm more pissed off that, hey, politics aside, that's a time when you come forward and say, hey, we will turn you into a parking lot if this happens. Period. You know, and then whatever the motivations are and how they shake out or whatever. But I think uh, Pelosi actually got, um, you know, she actually got a couple of uh, probably, you know, couple bumps in in the polls not that anybody else really cares about her but you know and i don't even think she's running anymore right and she mentioned you know possibly retiring uh if they lose the house so you know that that might have been like her last hurrah or whatever you know whatever the hell she's doing so one last thing i want to kick over to josh and he can fill us in on any closing comments on that so josh i don't know if you're tracking with this well no actually i got two things so one this goes back to the episode that i missed that uh, you guys were talking about music this is how bad today's music is Music is so bad today that one of the number one top songs on Sirius XM and, and probably, you know, a bunch of other charts is Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill, a song yeah. that came out in the 80s, right? But here's the beautiful thing about it, obviously because of Stranger Things. Uh, if you haven't watched it, you're missing a great, great series, but uh, obviously because of the series. But here's the great thing about it. She actually owns the rights to the song. Good for her, In man. Totality. Good for her. So they're talking that 37 years later after this song debuted, uh, that she, I think she's made like almost $3 million. 
uh, off this song. But I, I guess I just want you know throw in uh, a little little uh, addition to what you guys were talking about with the music. Maybe that's the maybe that's the savior of music because that song is so old that you know the younger generation hasn't heard it clearly. A little more obscure that maybe that stuff just starts like uh, Jin Saki says it just starts circling back. So maybe in another ten years we get a little Guns and Roses appetite for destruction uh, back on the radio again, right? We can we can rock out to it. Um, and then my last thing for Josh, and he'll take it from here. So what do you think about the World Economic Forum and the fact that you should be car sharing? Uh, Gotta go cool. green, bro. Whatever, whatever, I, dude. People, the whole World Economic Forum. I can't believe that people allow themselves to be lectured to about being green and car sharing by a group of people who fly their private jets all around the world. Like that is just like, that is absolutely mind blowing to me. And th- that's another one of those things that is going to hasten our, our national divorce. Um, because, you know, you start letting those folks dictate, you know, your day to day life. That's, that's, a, that, I think that's a line that a lot of folks are just simply not going to allow to be crossed. Um, so the, the World Economic Forum, whatever. It, it, clowns, dude. Absolute clowns. And, you know, Murdoch, whatever his name is, hopefully. I can't wait to read his obituary. I really can't. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be a great day. Um, you know, to, uh, to touch on a couple of things, you know, you talked about, yeah, it's like, you know, when, when they threaten Pelosi, it's like, hey, I, I, I load Nancy Pelosi. I really do. Um, I can't wait to read her obituary as well. And, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, hey, that's that's it. One, that's an American. Two, that's you know the speaker of you know of the house. And if you threaten her, you do anything. Absolutely, turning your country into a glass parking lot without question, without hesitation. Um, you know, and it goes back. And Luke said this before on the podcast. You know, civis romana sum. It was you know I'm a citizen of Rome. Wherever a citizen of Rome went, if you if you screwed with them, if you did something to them, then you brought the legions down upon you. And that's the way it should be, you know, with, without question. So, um, you know, and on the chip thing, uh, dude, if we made chips here in the United States, we would care about Taiwan as much as we cared about Rwanda when the Hutus and the Tutsis were butchering each other. But, and that's just it. So anyway, real quick, I got a couple of shout outs and then I'm going to throw it over to Luke and, uh, and he can close us out. Um, Ralph P appreciate you listening, man. Uh, Joe, Joe down in Florida. I hope you survived that uh that, that afternoon thunderstorm. There was Whatever, pretty, dude. That's a breeze. Some pretty crazy pictures. He ah, just dude, likes to, he just likes pictures. to bitch and complain. Joe, you know we love you. <laughs> I love him, man. Keep keep doing what you do, Joe. Um and uh and big game James. Uh got to uh got to have lunch the other day with big game James. Uh really good to see him, man. He's doing well. He gave me a couple things for uh for you guys. I can't tell him. I can't tell you what they are, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get them in the mail to you this week. Um, I promise it won't be like the canteen cups before you, <laughs> before you, before you start talking shit. <laughs> so that's going to do it for me. <laughs> yeah, James, uh, before I even see it, thanks, James. You know, I only have fond memories of James, and that I cannot say that about much of anyone in my life, is that every – Experience I had with James was a positive one in my mind, at least. He's he's a he's a big teddy bear, and I love him to death, man. Thanks, James. Uh, we want to give a car- shout out to Carlton Zeus as always, man. Uh, thanks. Uh, he he let me in on how much he makes uh, per listen on iTunes. 
it's I thought it was one penny. It's not one penny. It's point zero zero five. That that's what they make per listen on iTunes. Just that's iTunes. So that, that's not Spotify. So that dude hasn't made one penny off of C three pimping his his music or anything. Oh, I'm sure he has. I, I listen to his stuff a lot, actually. So yeah, so when you're listening, you know, you're you're putting some money in the cofers. It may not be much, but you know, you're not tithing. Boy, if you're tithing, you'd be listening a lot every week. It'd be 24-7. So, real quick, a few closing thoughts uh before we close out. Civis Romana Sump, man, that is believe it. Anybody, uh, citizens of San Francisco, everybody, whether you not everybody, but most people, whether you agree with me or not. We may be on opposite ends of the aisle, but bro, you are an American. Sister, you are an American. I, You mean more to me than anyone else on this planet. So yeah, does she represent people that I basically despise politically? Sure, but they're Americans that she represents. So yeah, anybody that's going to threaten her or you, blow them off the face of the earth. So one thing I wanted to close out with, it's a quote, and you know, I think truth is truth, man. Bob Dylan wrote a song uh, years ago uh, called Times They Are Changing, right? You listen to that song, it means something totally different now than it did back then, but it's still truth. He was speaking to the hippie movement back then. Now that song speaks to an entirely different group of people, and it's still truth. There was a guy named Mario Savio, and this kind of harkens back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. This guy, Mario Savio, was a human rights uh, activist back in the 1960s. Uh, Rosa Parks, all that stuff. He was on the West Coast. And if you listen to Lincoln Park, you've probably heard this quote before. I want to close out with this quote. Okay. As Mario Savio, he was speaking in front of a group, a giant group of people in the Bay Area back in the day. And he said, there is a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you cannot take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. And that's it for this episode, episode 95 of Culper's Canteen Cup. Until next time, keep your canteen cups full and tightly secured.